Hey, I'm Alicia Bake. I'm Jen Greenfield. And I'm Jen Tifoni. VO Booth Besties listen to the questions you have. We find pros in the know to help you learn. And connect with our amazing VO community. Welcome, Welcome to, to VO, VO Booth, Booth Besties. Besties. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to VO Booth Besties. We're here to help working voice actors uh, learn from industry pros who know. Each week, we have a new topic and a guest speaker who is an expert on on that topic. You'll have to forgive me. Um, I am on set for a commercial shoot in Tempe, and so (laughs) I'm a little flustered because I don't have everything in front of me like I usually do. Anywho, if you are not up to date on what we've got going on, you'll want to join our newsletter, swingbyboothbesties.com, and shoot us an email, and we'll get you signed up for that. And also, come have fun with us over on the VO Booth Besties Facebook page, Facebook group, if you haven't joined us there. Uh, now, without further ado, let's meet our guest. Over to you, JT. Thank you very much. AJ McKay has been an established voice actor, radio imaging coach, sound designer, and creative imaging director for over 33 years, working with some of the top companies around the world, including Universal Studios, Walmart, KFC, McDonald's, AT&T, WWE, um, USA Network, Discovery, HGTV, Disney, Ford, and so many others, as well as radio and television stations um, for their promo imaging voiceover and or producer work. AJ is also an award-winning demo producer and audio engineer. He's been the lead audio engineer producer at JMC Demos since 2016 and has won more more, the 22 Voice Arts Awards and countless One Voice Awards. Um, Also, fun side note, AJ also works within the world of professional wrestling as a play-by-play announcer, TV director, and producer with OBW, which is the Ohio Valley Wrestling and can be seen in the new Netflix docuseries called Wrestlers, which I'm sure we'll hear more about later. Over to you, A.B. All right. Hey, AJ. Thank you so much for being here. You fit right in with our initials for a name, so AJ works well. (laughs) It's great to be here. Thank you all for having me. Yeah. You've got a long list of titles in here, and... uh, I'll admit, I don't know you very well, so I find that to be a really great excuse to ask you to tell us all about you. How did you get all those titles? Oh, my gosh, because I've I've got the worst ADD in the world, I guess, and I'm just all over the place. I can't focus on anything for one, <laughs> one long period of time. Um, I started in radio when I was 15. I wanted to be, you know, back, back when radio was a little bit more glamorous, and, you know, when you, if you were a local on-air DJ, radio personality, you were kind of locally famous. You know, everybody knew you. You were on billboards and TV commercials. And so, you know, I wanted to be a radio DJ when I was a kid. I thought, oh, that'll be the closest thing I ever get to fame. I did that for like a year and a half, two years. And I thought, oh, gosh, playing the same 14 songs every hour. This is monotonous. So I fell in love with audio production And um, I didn't know what it was at the time. I just knew that part of my on-air shift was that I had to do local commercials that were going to run on the radio station. So I fell in love with the manipulation of sound and what I could do with my voice and the different things, the ways I could change it and manipulate it, whether it be naturally or through, um, you know, special effects machines or, or what have you. So that kind of just progressed. Um, I I just kind of dove into the production side of things. And 
um, really kind of excelled. I, I really had no formal training um, in, in audio design. I just, uh, I took to it really, really quickly. And then I became a true student. And I think with anything that I do, I always, if, I, if I'm going to do something, I, I do it 150% or I don't do it. And so I just dive into things and I just soak up as much knowledge as I can. So, you know, that's kind of how the the audio design and audio engineering thing kind of happened. I mean, I've been a voice actor, you know, since I was 15. I didn't know what it was at the time. You know, we didn't really have a lot of resources. I mean, this was 1989, 90, you know, so I mean, AOL was just becoming a thing, you know, in <laughs> the early 90s. So, you know, it was a lot of trial and error, um, but it just kind of grew. I, I, like I said, I, I like to learn. So I wanted to branch out and, and learn as much as I could about so many different things. I started doing demo production by happenstance. Um, my friend Jen Henry knew that um, I did audio well. And she told Jay Michael, she's like, I got a guy that I want to do my the audio for my demo. And he was like, oh, no, no, I've got I've got people that can handle that. And she's like, no, I. AJ has to do it. And I had never done really a demo before. So I thought, okay, well, I'll give it a shot. Um, I did it in like a half a day. I sent it to him. He thought it was, I talked to him after this was months after. And he said, yeah, he said, when you sent it to me, like in less than a day, I thought it was going to be awful. And he said, it blew me away. So like I said, I just, when I go for something, I go 150%. So that's, you know, long story short, I just like to do a lot of stuff. I love that. <laughs> I can relate so well to the ADHD and, you know, um, having your finger in a bajillion different pies. But I love what you said about the fact that you became a true student. And I think that that is that that's vital in um, in any career in any industry is that you really dedicate yourself to 100 percent learning this thing that you want to do. Right. Oh, absolutely. You can't, you, you know, I mean, people ask me all the time. They, they, they tell me, oh, I, you know, I, I do audio design or I, you know, I, I'm pretty good at, at mixing my stuff together. It's not so much about that. Yeah. You have to, that's the, first and foremost, you have to have that skill, but you also have to have an ear for what's going on in each genre that you do demos for. And so I, I try to keep my finger on the pulse of everything that we do that I actively work in and that's all the broadcast stuff you have to know trends you have to know what's happening what's working now what's no longer working and you have to be able to pivot and so yeah you do have to be a true student you can't just say oh i've got great audio editing skills i'll i'll start producing demos it's not that easy <laughs> as i learned very quickly <laughs> yes and that is a that is a really valid point that you know there's so much changing in the industry and We've seen the industry change. I mean, I've been in this business for a little over five years. And just in five years, the shifts have been drastic. Mm -hmm. So it's so important to, to have your to have an understanding of what's happening there. And that's actually one of the reasons that we we tell people not to make their own demo, right? Because unless they're really paying attention and dialed into that, but then you add in, it's not just about knowing how to mix and edit your own audio. It's having a unbiased ear and being able to really listen. Um, but let's let's shift our focus over to radio imaging. Sure. That is the that is the well of knowledge. You have so many, it sounds like so many different wells of knowledge we could uh draw from. But today I'm gonna just play the part of someone who has no idea what radio imaging is because in voiceover, 
we do this thing where we have all these words, right, that we throw around like everybody already knows what they are. And, and sometimes we, we nod our heads and, and I'm, I'm guilty of that with radio imaging. It's one of those things where I'm like, oh, yeah, radio imaging. But I don't really know what it is. So dial deep. Tell us what radio sure. imaging is. So I'll take uh, I'll I'll take a quote from one of the slides I use in all the presentations that I do. Radio imaging is basically other than the music on the station, you are the most heard element on a radio station. You are the stationality or the personality that is the driving force behind the way that the pro, uh, the program director or whoever it is is in charge wants that station to sound. You are the personality. You're the stationality. So um, your voice is heard in between songs at the top of the hour, coming out of commercial breaks, going into commercial breaks sometimes. Um, it's heard promoting station events like flyaways to the Grammys or uh, your shot at $1,000 every hour. Um, you know, you are the driving force behind the station. Um, you know, it's the music first, your second. And then on-air talent, if they have local talent, um, but that's the way, you know, that's the way it is. So you're, you're the driving voice, your voice, your personality is the driving voice behind that presentation of, of how that station presents itself uh, to the world. Awesome. That's a really great explanation. So how often, I, I guess as a radio listener and not a radio insider, I I always assumed that that was just one of the radio personalities, one of the DJs or somebody that was doing that. How often is it someone in-house and how often do they hire externally? It is very rarely. I don't think I've ever, well, I take that back because I actually, I was the secondary voice of one of our stations um, at one point here in Louisville. I live in Louisville, Kentucky, and I was the secondary voice for our rock station way back when. Uh, but it's not typical that, an on-air talent, a radio personality, um, is is actually the station voice of that particular station that they're on. That's that's very uh, that's a needle in a haystack kind of thing. But it's usually always done by somebody out of house or somebody within the company in another market that's separate of the local the local brand. Good to know. So, how does somebody know? If they're right for radio imaging work, is there a specific type of voice or does it vary by station? Um, it varies by station, but I think that I tell people the way that we speak in radio imaging, it's not typical. You know, I don't go to a drive through and I'd say, can I get a number one with a side of fries and a large Coke, Coke, <laughs> Coke, Coke? You know, it's not it's so it's weird. Um, there is a little bit of um, um, announcer-esque quality you know they they still want it light fun and friendly and personable um so it's not as heavy as the classic old school announcer back in the day but uh yeah it's radio speak you know it's it's your shot at a thousand dollars happens in minutes nobody talks like that because nobody's that excited you know it's <laughs> it's it's unique and i tell people that everything that i teach you in radio imaging is the opposite of what anybody teaches you in doing commercial or anything where you're supposed to act natural um, because it's not, <laughs> it's not natural. It's not normal, <laughs> uh, but to be out of the box, to be an out of the box, creative person, to be, um, to have improv skills, to be able to do funny voices. Um, those are all big assets that you can bring to radio imaging where in other fields, commercial promo, 
You know, they want you for the way you sound and the way you bring the copy to life. And with radio imaging, it's like painting. You, there's so many th different things that you can do um, on that side of things. It's a lot of fun. You have a lot more creative freedom. If you have a funny line you want to throw out, you know, in a promo, there were a lot of times where um, I voice stuff and, you know, it's kind of like a boring promo and I'll just ad lib stupid, funny lines that are funny to me because I'm crazy. And they're like, oh my gosh, these are awesome. And they put them in the promo, you know, because it just, you know, it makes it more fun and more engaging to the listener. So any kind of improv skills or comedic ability that you can bring is always a plus. So would you suggest coaching for imaging work before someone tried to book a job? Um, you know, really, yeah, I mean, it doesn't hurt to reach out to someone or at least have a conversation. You know, if, if you know people in radio, um, it, it, doesn't, it never hurts to have a conversation with someone and just get a feel for if you've never worked in radio before. Um, I find that it's a little bit harder for people that don't have a radio background. Like if you've never been on on the air, if you're not used to the radio lingo and the different, you know, um, the different just the way that it all works, you know, it's a little bit more challenging because it's something, you know, you're a duck out of water, so to speak, but um, it's not unattainable. So yes, I would have, I'd advise anybody to either, you know, set up a coaching or a consultation or just reach out to a friend you might know in radio and just ask some questions. Uh, but, you know, keep in mind too, there's a lot more out there in the world than just what we call terrestrial radio, you know, your local radio stations. There's satellite, there's internet radio, uh, there's podcast, which is kind of radio-ish, but not totally. So, I mean, there's all kinds of different forms of, of what's considered radio imaging. For sure. So do you have any specific coaches that you recommend that people reach out to? You know, I really don't know a, a ton of people that actually coach radio imaging. I do some, but it's just, you know, I'm so scattered with my schedule. It's it's hard to do a lot of it. Um, I know that Kelly Doherty, um, Kelly, 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 I love her to death. She used to be the voice of uh, the Weekly Top 40 with Ryan Seacrest. She was the voice of Kiss FM in Los Angeles and a hundred bazillion other radio stations. Kelly is... Um, one of the, the true trendsetters uh, for females in VO in the modern era because she came up with what we call the deadpan read and the kind of the throw it away read. And um, a lot of women in radio, you know, kind of started mimicking that style that, that Kelly was kind of at the forefront for. But Kelly's amazing. I don't know how much time she has, and she'll probably kill me for even mentioning her because I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if she's, if she's still doing a lot of coaching or not. Um but I don't, yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to think of other people that I might know that um, that coach. And Kelly's literally the, the name that comes to mind. There's not a lot of a lot of radio imaging coaches out there. Um, Eric Romanowski, there's another. Eric is a, a great producer. Um, and I know, I don't know if he still coaches radio imaging or not. I know he's more focused on the demo side of things. But uh, yeah, there's not a lot of us out there. Yeah. Well, my guess is that Eric would be a good person to reach out to for suggestions for coaching, even if he isn't open to it. Yeah. I mean, I still kind of, you know, I, I do a, a couple of stations still, but I don't really play in the world of radio as much anymore. I mean, I left the business, I left radio as a whole in 2011. Uh, and so I still keep in touch with contacts and things like that. But um, 
as far as like people that are out there coaching uh, that are reputable that I personally would recommend, uh, there aren't many that, that I, like I said, that I would put my stamp on only because I know who they are and I've worked with them, you know. Right. So what about an imaging demo? Is that a thing or is that how you would market yourself? What, what do you think about that? I think imaging, yeah, absolutely. It's just like anything else. I mean, people, they want to hear samples of what you can do and how you would sound on their station. I know some people do hybrid. Um, some people are a fan of doing hybrid or multi-format demos where it's one demo and you cover all the formats. Um, as someone that was a creative director for 20 plus years, I want I want to hear what you would sound like on a country format. If I'm looking for a country a voice for my country station, I want to hear what you sound like on country radio. So um, I prefer to hear separate demos. You can kind of get away from um, or get away with, I should say, uh, doing like a top 40 country hybrid, believe it or not. So if you put top 40 and adult uh, top 40 is like CHR, contemporary hits radio, um, country hot AC, which is adult contemporary. That's formats for like um, hot AC basically is like uh, music that you would listen to at work without like, um, you know, any kind of like hard metal or hard, you know, hard guitars, hard hip hop. You know, it's just kind of middle of the road office music kind of stuff. Um, you can get away with putting those formats in one demo because the reads are so similar. But if you're doing like um, if you're doing like a hip hop format or if you're doing a classic rock format, you don't want to include those you know, in the same demo because they're so separate. They're so different um, in the delivery and the style and the attitude. So, yeah, you wouldn't. I'm not a big fan of, of doing a hybrid format demo. Hey, AJ. Hey. So even if you don't feel like you need to coach per se, when you find someone who's going to produce your demo, will they kind of coach you through the read? Oh, Generally? absolutely. They, well, they should if they're okay. if they're good at what they do. <laughs> that was kind of smarmy, but yeah, they should. Yeah, I mean, I would I would definitely want somebody to coach me through uh, through my reads, and if they if they're not willing to do that, then find somebody else uh, because there, there are there are nuances. You know, I I do an exercise uh, whenever I do um, teachings, like in groups. I always I I get people to be like, how many different ways can you say today's hit music? And they always do it with volume. I don't want to do it here because I don't want to blow anybody's ears out. But mm -hmm. they always do it in volume. They're like, today's hit music. Today's hit music. Today. You know, and they get louder or, or quieter. And it's not, it's about um, emphasis. And, you know, in, in other words, it's about being out of the box. I can say, today's hit music. Today's hit music. Today's hit music. Today's hit music. So it's about emphasis. People want to say different, you know, they, they do it at different volumes. So you need a coach or, or a demo producer to really pull those out of you. You know, it could be $1,000, $1,000, You know, it's about pauses to give the producer, not only of your demo, but of the the piece that you may be voicing for it gives them enough work parts to play with because they could be inserting, you know, listeners going, Oh my God, I can't believe it. This is the best <laughs> thing ever. So if you're saying you're shot at a thousand dollars coming up, well, that's cool. But what if I said you're shot at one? Oh my God. Thousand. I can't believe it. Dollars. This is the best day ever. You know, you want to be able to break those things up and give them options and you may not know that innately if you've never worked in radio or radio imaging. So, yeah, a good coach will kind of 
help you through that process and think again outside the box of how can I do this and make it fun and, and give them a, a lot of wiggle room or a lot of stuff to play with in the audio. I feel yeah. like you just gave us a mini coaching session right there. <laughs> there you go. Everyone on this call will get an invoice. <laughs> <laughs> so back in the day when I was in radio, like mid nineties into the early two thousands, um, the imaging was predominantly male, um, you know, an occasional female on a on a contest or a promo, depending on what the contest was, you know, maybe That's Valentine's right. Day to be a woman. Is it more evenly balanced now? Oh, absolutely it is. And I, uh, I'm all for it. I, I love it. I love it. It's more evenly balanced in so many different areas other than trailer. Um, I'm so thrilled of uh, that that women and people of color are now um, more forward and, uh, forward facing. I mean, because let's face it, I did a, an interview recently where I said, and you know, some people are like, nah, I don't like that guy anymore. You know, cis white men have run the business for hundreds of years in, in all aspects. And it's great that, that now these people in these decision-making uh, areas are, are realizing that there are a lot of talented people in the world. And I love the fact that women have stepped forward and are owning promo and radio imaging and live announce and commercial and so many other things. Um, and it's, it's awesome. You know, we have a diverse world out there. And I think that, um, you know, there's room for everybody in the mix, you know, back in, in the day. in like you said, in the, in the eighties, nineties, um, female voices were regulated to being the secondary voice of the station or only used for a Valentine's Day thing. And I'm like, why? Why what why is that? Why was that? Uh and that's not the case anymore. So yeah, I'm here for it. I'm uh, I'm excited and and I work with a, a lot of uh, females in the industry that um that are are killing it and I love it. It's awesome. So if somebody wants to start getting into imaging work, where do they find it? Do they mm. just start reaching out and contacting stations with their demos or that's the almighty question now, isn't it? Um, <laughs> here's what I suggest. I suggest to people if they've never worked in radio imaging before, just to get your feet wet, reach out to internet radio stations. There are hundreds of thousands of them all over the world. Think big, think globally. Um, I was on eight stations in the Philippines at one point because they have English speaking stations all over the place. And so it's a great way to to practice and hone your skills and then start going after smaller market stations and build a portfolio. And when you get 15 or 20 stations under your belt, walk those over to, you know, um, an agent and say, hey, I've got 15, 20, 25, 30, however many stations. And I would love to uh, have you guys represent me for, you know, these top 10, top 20, top 30 stations that are out there um, in the U.S. and around the world. I actually hadn't thought about agency representation for imaging. Oh. For stations. That's cool. Atlas. Well, there are, there are two main ones, Atlas and CESD. Those are the two, the two big ones that uh, your major market stations uh, are typically done through agents, uh, through the agencies. So, you know, L.A., New York, Boston, Chicago, Miami, Atlanta, not always, but a lot of the time uh, they handle the big, the big, markets but it's a free-for-all okay. it's like the wild west out there <laughs> <laughs> just like all the other genres right <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so if you're booking imaging 
are you just the voice or are you expected to handle the full production? Like, do you need to add the music and all the effects? Nah, it depends. I mean, I offered both of those services because I was skilled at both of those. And I have, I'm a pack rat when it comes to, um, to audio. If they ever did a show on like hoarding audio, it would be, I would be the featured player on that show because I've got audio. I, I save everything. I have sound effects and um, imaging effects from the eighties forward. Um, so if you don't have access to that kind of stuff, yeah, it's not really a prerequisite. I mean, most stations aren't going to ask you to, uh, to do your own stuff. You know, they just want the VO and they, they produce it all. But if you partner up with somebody, if you know, like a radio imaging producer or, or, um, you know, a creative services director at a station, you could hire them, you know, as a freelancer and say, oh yes, well, I do offer voiceover and, production you know then you can cut them in on your on your rate uh but typically it's it's not the standard okay um i wanted to remind our audience just here really quick that if you have a question and you want to ask aj if you'll just drop into the event page and in the comments you can leave a question we don't um, bring people up to speak in this particular podcast, but we would love your questions or you can message either I or Jen Tifoni. Um, since Jen Greenfield is away from her computer today, you can message us and we can ask questions. Um, all right, back to imaging. So in general, who writes the copy? Is this somebody at the station or the production company, or do they expect you to write copy? No, it's always usually the it's always the radio station. It's always the imaging director, or the creative services director, the, pro, the promotions director, program director, whoever it may be. Um, you'll get the copy. You read it. You voice it, um, and you send it back, and you're done. Um, but yeah, you're you're pretty much hands off. It's almost like an audition, except you get paid. Uh, and you, typically it's the way that it works is you're, you're on a retainer. Um, you, you get pay, paid monthly for X amount of pages per month. Um, and those pages don't carry over typically in all of my contracts, the pages. So you get four pages a month at X amount of dollars. Uh, you have to use them or lose them. They don't carry over month to month. So sometimes, you know, some months you might get a page or two, some, the next month you might get all four, you know, they use all four pages. It just depends. Um, and usually the turnaround time is within 24 hours. So it's a little bit of a golden handcuffs kind of thing, but uh, not as much as promo. That's what I was just about to ask. Is it like silver handcuffs instead of no. golden ones? Right? <laughs> no, you can always, um, you know, in a standard contract typically that I used to see and that are in mine, um, I, I usually a lot for four weeks of vacation a year. Um, and I give them, I have to give them 30 days notice. Uh, for those weeks. Uh, but I usually only take like two. I mean, um, if it's someplace that I go where I'm just kind of staying dormant, I still take my rig with me and I'll still, I'll still be voicing, but I, it may just be delayed. I mean, that was back in the day when you really didn't have the portability that we do now. So right. it just depends. Like if you're going on a cruise and you're going to be gone for 10 days, yeah, it's probably best that you just book out because, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to work you know, and get Wi-Fi connection and all that on a cruise ship. But if you're going to be someplace where if you're going to the Smoky Mountains and you're staying in a cabin for a week, there's no reason you couldn't work on a limited basis if you really wanted to. <laughs> I was just there this weekend. And oh, there you go. Internet. I had no internet and I was not expecting that. So, um, Ouch. but anyway, uh, so 
it's interesting. You bring up a really good point, and this isn't directly related to radio imaging, but because it is relevant to voiceover in general, you do need to build in vacation time and take it and not always take your travel rig and, and always be on call, right? Like there have to be times that we separate ourselves from our career just a little bit. And Absolutely. I mean, I think it's 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 good for the mind, the body and the soul to to take time away. I mean, you know, I've got friends that they it doesn't matter where they go. They're going to take their their rig and they're going to set up a, a pillow fort and they're going to be available for their clients, because if not, somebody else is going to book it. And I'm like, I just don't want to live. I did that for the first part of my career. And I just I don't want to do that anymore. You know, I'm an only child. I, my mom is the is the only family member that I have left as far as parents. Um, I mean, I have aunts and uncles and whatnot, but, you know, I make time to spend with family and to decompress. And I think that's so important. I think sometimes we miss that as voice actors. We think, oh, well, if, if I'm not available, somebody else is going to book it. I mean, I have enough faith in my clients. They know what I do. They know what I bring to the table. They know my worth. And they're going to come back, you know, if they enjoy what I do and I have great relationships with all my clients, they're going to come back, you know, it, okay, maybe it might be a one-off where they don't use me for something, but they're going to eventually, they're going to come back. You know, there, there is loyalty in this business. Yeah. And when we're building that, that snowball of clients that we're working with and we're providing good customer service that eventually we have an established relationship. It is harder at the beginning of your career to to let go a little bit and and give yourself that freedom to step away. Right. Um, I I have a hard time with that one for sure. I I always want to stay tied to my job and my husband will be like put it away for the day. Okay. <laughs> well, he sounds like a smart man. <laughs> yes, he's a very smart man. Um we have a question from our audience. Yay, I missed the chat that we've that we had on clubhouse i love uh linkedin but miss our chat so david piper asks having worked one-on-one -on -one with such a wide array of talent what would you say is the biggest determining factor in those who are successful versus those who don't seem to find their place was it a specific work ethic a natural talent or a certain je ne sais quoi <laughs> it's it's a combination of things actually it's um somebody's willingness well number one it's it's the talent at the end of the day it's the the skill set to to deliver on what i need in a timely fashion that's that's the most important thing the second thing is their their ease of or their workability their ease of work ethic you know i had a talent years ago where um i would write copy and it would just it would be a, you know just a big convoluted mess because i was new to the industry I was still trying to find my way. Sometimes, you know, salespeople were telling me to, you know, cram all of this stuff into this copy. So I had 30 seconds and I had 800 sponsors and, you know, it's just, it was hard to tell the story and you, and he would send the, the audio back and be like, I don't know who wrote this crap and this is the worst copy. And I'm like, just like verbally saying this in the record, I'm like, no, don't do that. <laughs> like we didn't have that kind of rapport. I mean, if we were like really good friends or we had been working together for years, but yeah, just like be easy to work with. Don't be a pain. Um, read what's on the page. You know, if it doesn't make sense, read it verbatim, email it back and say, Hey, there was a line that said, blah, 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 whatever. Um, 
I wasn't sure if that was a typo. So I read it the way you wrote it, but I also read it how I thought it probably how you meant it, you know, just be, be a team player, you know, uh, be a super server to them, make them look like a million dollars and you'll have longevity with them and every place they travel. Because a lot of times those folks that are in those positions, they don't stay at one station for a, a long time. They tend to move and travel to different stations. And if they like you, they'll, they'll take you with them. They're like, Hey, I got a, an amazing talent. Great to work with. I'd love to put them on the station. You know, let's do it. And so, yeah, just be easy to work with. Don't be difficult. Basically just be a good person, right? Yeah. <laughs> Basically just have, you know, have good business practices. <laughs> be the kind of person that you would want to work with and it's going to work out. Unless you're a curmudgeon in life, then don't be that person. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, I'm going to do a quick uh, break here. And we actually have a sponsor for our podcast now. We're really excited about it. Um, we have partnered with Studio Bricks. And I am a huge, huge fan of my Studio Bricks booth. Anybody who follows me on TikTok will know that. Um but the biggest reason for me is that I live in the country and my neighbor mows his grass. I am not kidding you. He is using lawn equipment five days a week, most of the year. Five days a week, I was not able to mow and I had a, I'm not able to mow. I, I was not able to record. And I had a session with clients. I had seven people that were scheduled to be on the call and my neighbor was mowing his grass and it was so loud and I couldn't record. And so I ordered my studio bricks that week. And now I can record when he's mowing and it has changed my ability to work and be professional and it's great. I love it. So big fan of Studio Bricks. If you if you have any issues with lawn equipment or just need, also I have kids, so it blocks that noise as well. Um, feel free to reach out to them at studiobricks.com and we'll head back. JT has some more technical issue questions because she knows the whole radio side of things way better than me. Cool, cool. All right. So we'll just get into some more, you know, kind of been there, done that. And how is it being done now? I mean, imaging isn't just throwing a laser sound effect behind the voice and giving the station call letters. Correct. Well, it used to be. <laughs> yeah, it <laughs> did. It did. But it's not anymore. Not anymore. <laughs> so there's a lot that goes into designing the sound and feel for a station. I mean, yeah, there is. I mean, there's a lot of thought process and a lot of people, there's, there are a lot of cooks in the kitchen nowadays. So when you get a new client, do you meet with the GM or the PD and kind of map out what that's going to look like? Yeah, typically the way that it works, and it, it really depends on the station and, and, you know, whether or not, how, how bothered they want to be with you. Um, I always like to, when I brought on a new talent, and, and listen, the, nowadays the talent are, are selected either by, it used to be the imaging director, um, creative director, which was myself, we would kind of find a top five wish list of voices that we would like to be, have on the station. Uh, then we would get with the program director, they would take a listen, we would discuss and talk about, you know, the pros and cons. And then we pull the trigger, we we say, okay, let's go with so-and-so. And now it's a little bit more, you know, it can be a little bit more involved. You have a, a consultant. Um, you could have a regional vice president of programming who wants input. Um, it just, it varies. You know, there are what they call imaging captains now um, that are kind of like the heads of regions throughout the country. So it, it can get a little convoluted uh, 
more so now than what it used to be. It used to be the, the decision making was a lot, a lot simpler. But um, yeah, I mean, uh, it's. I forgot your question, Jen. <laughs> <laughs> I was just talking about. Uh, I was asking who who makes the decisions on the sound of the overall, you know. Okay, station. so I wasn't I wasn't too crazy then. Uh, so yeah, so those those guys and gals have input, um, but it's I think now it's more of a collective thing. Uh, and typically, what I always tried to do was the first two or three, four sessions that we did with a new talent, I would try to direct them on those initial sessions. And then after we kind of get them dialed in, I would leave them alone and just kind of let them do their thing. There might be some times where, um, you know, they said something in a way that I'm like, man, that I didn't really like that line or it didn't, that really didn't hit for me. So I just emailed them back. Hey, can you give this line another shot? I was kind of going for this feel, you know, and then that's kind of how the communication becomes after a while, just, back and forth via email. But typically they'll want to do they'll want to direct you through those first couple of sessions just to get okay. you dialed into the personality of, of what the station really is. Um and there seems to be just a little confusion. Can you explain the difference since most people who are listening, when we think promo, we think television, movie. Oh, sure. Um what's the difference between that and radio promo? Well, there's really not. I mean, promo for television is, you know, they're promoting their brand, their shows, uh, what's happening on the network. And with uh, radio imaging, there are promos, sweepers, legal IDs, uh, bumpers. You know, uh, these are all imaging elements within the context of a radio station. So when I say promos for radio, it's basically promos that are promoting uh, a money contest, like a cash giveaway, promoting that they're going to fly you to the Grammys and put you in a hotel, or they're going to give away concert tickets, or they're giving away movie passes, you know, whatever they're promoting uh, on, the, on the radio station, those are considered promos. They used to be, believe it or not, back in the day, they were 60 seconds. Now they're mm -hmm. like 30 seconds to as short as 15 seconds. It's all about immediacy and keeping things quick and moving nowadays. So uh, I remember back in the day, I had 60 seconds to paint a picture and to tell a, a big story in a promo, you know, in a radio promo. And now they give you 15 or 30 seconds and, and it's not a lot of time to really captivate your audience, so to speak. So that's what I mean by promos. Okay. And then Jenna Birmingham asked, is imaging essentially promo, one for radio, the other for TV, or do they overlap? Um, they kind of, well, they overlap in the sense that, like I say, if hmm, good question, dang it, Jenna, she always gets me with good questions. <laughs> um, promo, they kind of overlap in the sense that a lot of promo talent for television have radio backgrounds because it's so important about timing in television promo. You really have to get down to milliseconds a lot of time. But in television promo, it's way more structured. Um, there's no wiggle room to really ad lib or, or play or make it your own. In radio imaging, you have a lot more creative freedom. You give them what they want, but you can also give them a bunch of wild takes as well and and have some fun. Um, and that's really not a thing in promo. Promo's like, here's the copy, read the copy, do your thing. All right, we're done. In radio imaging, it's like, here's the copy, do your thing. Okay, feel free to play. Great, I love this, you know. And it's more, there's more synergy. So they do overlap in that sense that a lot of, a lot of television promo folks come from a radio background. 
just because the styles are similar. Um, but yeah, as far as the actual radio promo side of things, uh, it's not as stringent. It's not as um, as buttoned up and you're not as choked. I don't know of, a, of another way to explain it. You just have more creative freedom to play on the radio side. Okay. Uh, Dave Dixon wants to know if you have a feel for radio imaging in Canada and agents mm. there. Good question. No, Canada's a little bit of a different animal. Um, I mean, you know, radio is radio in, in the sense of production side, uh, but things are a little bit different on the delivery side in Canada. Um, I don't have um, like an overabundance of folks uh, that I know as far as like agents and, you know, um, producers. Um, I know there are a couple of radio imaging producers up there and oh my gosh my mind's a blank at this moment it'll come to me and i'll probably blurt it out randomly <laughs> when we're on a different topic um but th there are a couple because i met them when i was at vo north uh, a few years ago uh jay helmus that's his name uh jay helmus is a radio uh imaging uh demo producer and he's a i don't know if he's still in radio or not um but yeah, there are a ton up there. I'll reach out. If I find some, I'll, I'll post them in the comments. Uh, I've just, my brain's a blank at this moment. It'll be like that thing that wakes you up at 3 a.m. Yes, it yeah. always is. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, one more question. Jessica Mraz says she would like to know how to best approach program directors in order to connect with them and talk to them about radio imaging. All She's right. the voice of a station now. But mm -hmm. doesn't come from radio, so she doesn't have a lot of contacts and people that you know she knows that worked as DJs. She gets her auditions from Atlas and Benstown, but she's a go-getter and wants to make connections with PDs without coming across as too pushy or annoying. Well, I think that's kind of what we are as voiceover talent. We we you know we're constantly out there looking for work. I I I respectfully disagree in the sense that she says she doesn't have contacts because. Uh, we all do. Um, it's called websites. And literally, this is the great thing I love about where we are uh, with technology. Back in, back in my day, um, <laughs> I, I had to go, I had to like order phone books from different states and cities and to be able to hunt people down or I'd have to call information. You guys have access to website, radio station websites all over the world. All you got to do is go to their contact us section. A lot of times the general manager, the program, the general manager is kind of the main person over the entire station or the cluster. They're not really the, the ones that are making those kind of decisions, but you'll see like the general manager, the program director, the imaging director, the production director. Usually those email addresses are listed on a lot of radio station websites in the contact us section. If they're not, then fill out the contact us form and say, hi, can I get the name of your program director or uh, production director? And typically you'll get a response and, and boom, there you go. I think the way to reach out to them is to connect with them. And it's like with any client, um, I highly recommend going to their, uh, you know, it's a lot of what I call guerrilla marketing, but um, it's, it's always worked for me. I would go now, I go to stations, websites, I'll listen to their, their, morning show or something, you know, in the afternoon. And if I hear something funny or something engaging, um, I reach out to the program director and say, you know, Hey, I was listening to your all's 
uh, morning show this morning. That bit they did about the kid where he got the sucker stuck in his mom's hair. That was hilarious. I love what you guys are doing. I love the station. I'm a voiceover actor. Um, I specialize in radio imaging. Um, if you're ever looking for a, a station voice, I would love the opportunity to work with you guys. Here's a link to my demo. Um, you know, some people like to attach their demos. I prefer a link because it gives them the option as opposed to you sending a five or six meg file and, you know, clogging up their email. Because some, some people will look at that as spam. Others, if you send a hyperlink, yep. they're like, oh, cool. And they'll click the link and it'll take take them right to your, your demo page. Uh, that's what I prefer. Yeah. Or their spam filter is going to think you're spam. <laughs> right. They'll never see and, it. Yeah, and it's less intrusive, I think. It it says that I'm not being – it says to the person receiving it, oh, they're not trying to work me. They're they're just saying they like what we do. Yeah, it's a subliminal thing, and you know, people right. are going to read into it what they want. But I think attaching an email or an attachment, I think, is more invasive than just sending a, a hyperlink, you know, is my opinion. Well, and besides that, sending an attachment can send you to their spam mail. Absolutely. Folder. So um, Terry Briscoe asked a question and you hit on this a little bit earlier, but I just think it's a good idea to, to drop it in one more time. He says, should you start reaching out to your local market first or just go for it and cast a wide net? And you had mentioned some like international or like broad satellite radio to get started, correct? Yeah. I mean, I think that, you know, I think you, you know, sure, it's fine to start local, but I, I say cast a wide net. Um, you know, there are internet radio stations out there, Live 365. I actually have my own internet station that I run. It's a little dance station. Um, it just sits over here in the corner of the office and plays dance music all day long. Uh, there are tons of stations out there or tons of people um, that are out there looking for voices for their station. Now, the caveat with that is you're not going to make a lot of money doing it because they're people like me that um, they do it as a hobby and it's fun for them. They they used to be in radio and now they just do it, you know, because they they miss radio or whatever. So, you know, you, you're not going to make a, a monthly retainer, but your your voice gets out there. People say, hey, who is that you're using on your on your station? And they might want to use you on their station. You know, um, it's a great way to practice because they'll send you copy. You can read it, you know. So, listen, none of us are going to get rich doing radio imaging. I mean, the 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 rates of what it used to be are nowhere near what they are now. Um, budget cuts and consolidation and a lot of times now corporations are like, you know what? Um, we like AJ, you know, on XYZ station. Let's just put him on all of the top 40 stations uh, on the, in the Southeast that we own. And sometimes that's how decisions are made. Um, and so, you know, I'm on a hundred plus radio stations and that, that takes people out of opportunities to work, you know? So, and it's just, it is what it is. Um, I'm not saying I'm because I don't, I, I was doing that at one point and I'm like, Oof, I don't want to do that anymore. That's that's a lot. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, but it's just it is what it is. There is so, money to be made, but uh, you just have to hunt it down. Sounds like it's a little bit of just something you love to do as well. So, yeah, it is. Jenna, Jenna asked another really great question. Do you think it's important or valuable to have a separate imaging page on a website or um, is just imaging demos on a landing page enough? Um. <sighs> Dang it, Jenna. 
Uh, <laughs> she always has such good questions. You know, listen, I think all of your marketing and branding tools that you, that you can have in your wheelhouse never hurt. Um, I think that at the end of the day, they just want to hear what you sound like on their station or what you would sound like on that particular format. Um, I don't, I don't think that it would hurt to have a landing page within your website for radio imaging. Um, but I, I think that, well, you don't, you know, we don't really have different pages or tabbed pages on our websites for the other genres that we work in. So, you know, I don't think that it's, it's truly a necessity. If that's the only thing you do. Um, yes. Or if you have a unique approach, like if, if your approach or voice is so unique that maybe it warrants its own radio imaging page, um, sure. But I think that just listing your demos and the different genres, the different formats you work in, um, I think should suffice, especially if you can you know, send a hyperlink to your top 40 demo or to your rock demo or, or country demo or whatever. Um, you know, I think that should suffice. I, I don't think you should you really have to jump through the extra hoops of creating a special website or, or page for that. Yeah. I think it, we, when we talk about websites, one of the things that we focus on is if you've got two goals, one goal is that your website is a place that is like a virtual business card that you can give to clients and they can go to it. If that's your goal, I think your best bet is just to have it on the main page. And it doesn't really matter if you have a separate page. If your goal is to seek out SEO and people who are deliberately searching radio imaging female Maybe then that website, but I don't, I don't know that that's relevant or that that's what people are doing. Um, so let's move on, JT. So Jenna kind of prompted a question in my head. You mentioned that you could be the voice for a whole group of stations and automotive is similar. You know, you could be the voice for a whole group of, of car dealerships within uh, one main cluster. Right. But if you're going out there and you're working for small stations across the country, should you keep the a distance between the stations you work with? Great question. Yes, you absolutely should. Most uh, contracts say that uh, you can't voice for any other station within a 60 or sometimes 90 mile radius of that, what they call TSA, which is total service area. Um, most stations it's 60. If you have like a high power station that, um, that can kind of reach out there, um, you know, it could be 90 miles, but yeah, you, you kind of, you know, if you're the voice of a station, you, you're exclusive, you are signing exclusivity to that station. So that's why if you sign a contract, uh, for a year or for six months, and I'm, I'm a big opponent of in perpetuity anything. So mm -hmm. I, I would highly encourage people not, I know I'm kind of, again, ADD squirrel. Um, I would highly encourage people not to do in perpetuity with their voice. Um, even for internet stations, get them to sign at least a six month deal or a, you know, a three month deal or, or whatever. But, you know, say you could use my voice. But every three months or every six months, you have to pay me X amount of dollars to continue to use my voice because it could just take you out of some opportunities and other aspects. Um, you know, if, what if you're on a bunch of Internet stations and then, you know, American Top 40 comes or the weekly Top 40 comes along and says, hey, we want you to be our nationwide, worldwide voice, uh, but you can't be on any other stations. Oh, crap. Well, I kind of signed a, 
an agreement with this one station, you know, where they can have my voice forever. Well, that takes yeah. you out of the running. So, you know, so don't do that. But yeah, it's very important to, to, um, to not be on any other stations in that total service area. If you're in Nashville, then you can't be on any other stations in Nashville. Now, that said, in my contract and, and most other contracts that I've seen, your voice is exclusive to the on-air promotion of the radio station, meaning that it excludes your voice from appearing on com national commercials, on another television station in that market, um, or, or other national brands. So you're giving, you need to make sure that your contract says you're assigning the exclusivity to be the voice of that station and the promotion of that station, but you're still able to do national TV and radio commercials. You can also be the voice of a television station in that same market, you know, because they're separate entities. They're not, well, According to Nielsen, they're not competing with one another, which, you know, sometimes they are. But um, that all needs to be laid out in your contract because, yeah, they don't they don't get worldwide exclusivity to your voice uh, just for being on their station. That's a great point. Um, Gavin M. is a creative services producer at iHeart. And after talking all day, he wants to know what tips do you have for optimizing vocal health to maximize vocal integrity? Yay, one of my fellow radio brethren. Hello. And uh, great question. It's hard. Um, the last stations that I worked for, I, ha I worked for, I had five radio stations. I was the production director. Uh, I was the imaging, imaging director for three of them, the, a secondary voice on one of them. I had 18 salespeople running to me at all hours of the day, wanting copy. I'm in meetings, you know, um, because I was a department head. So I'm talking all day long from 8 a.m. till 6 p.m., sometimes 7 or 8, <laughs> depending on how much late last minute copy came through. It's hard. Um, drink a bunch of water. Uh, Grather's Pastilles are my friend. I, I love the red currant ones. Uh, those are awesome. Uh, vocal, um, what's the other thing I take? Vocal Zone is great. Just, you know, staying away from dairy as much as you can. Uh, sugary stuff which is hard for me to do. Um, but yeah, vocal health is so important. And quick story, in my radio days, I wound up having uh, nodules on one of my vocal cords because of overuse. Um, and because, you know, I mean, I would, I'd work in at the station from eight to, to six or seven. I'd come home, I'd do all of my clients' work from eight o'clock at night to one or two in the morning. And I would get up and I would rinse and repeat six days a week you know, resting on Sunday <laughs> and it's taxing on the voice. It's hard. You just have to be quiet as often as you can be quiet, just be quiet and, and not speak and, and, and savor those moments in a radio station setting. It's very difficult to do that. So, yeah. And I have one last question for you. Where do we find rates for imaging? And is there a difference between voice only fully produced? And do we charge more if they stream live as well? Um, all of those are great factors. It's been my experience that um, radio stations do not pay extra, or at least they didn't when I was in radio. They didn't pay extra for um, your your the streaming side of things. It was included in your rate. So um, if you are concerned about that, include that in your rate up front. Um, 
you're going to find that radio imaging rates are all over the place. Um, I can give you an example of what I used to work with and, uh, you know, don't take it as the gospel, but um, some stations back in the day in major markets, the top 30, you could make $1,500 a month, if not more, um, being the voice of a station. Four pages, maybe five, maybe unlimited. It really depends on the negotiation. Nowadays, you're lucky if you get eight in a major market. Medium to large markets, four to 500 is the typical average, 450 to 550. Um, that's just what it is. Now, that's a guaranteed one-year contract. You get paid whether you do anything for them or not. You know, uh, again, use them or you or lose them. Um, you know, I, I tried to be accommodating. You know, if, if they if in January they used two pages and in February they, they had four and maybe like a, an extra half a page, I would voice it. You know, I'm not trying to be all militant about it. You know, you want that that relationship. Uh, just right. don't don't let them take advantage. But, yeah, the rates are all over the place for smaller market stations. You might get 150 to 200. Um, you know, for anything less than market 100. If you get more than that, awesome. But, you know, that's kind of the typical average. Um, but, you know, you 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 kind of finagle. Okay, well, I'll do your station for $200 a month, but you only get two pages or you only get a page or you get a page, but you can't use me on the internet. More Most stations, though, they all stream now. So if they're terrestrial, mm-hmm. they stream. And it's just kind of a given that they're not going to pull your voice out of their stream. They'll just pass and go to somebody else. So you have to make the decision whether or not you're okay with that or not. Okay. Um, but the caveat needs to be once our agreement is over and you decide not to renew, you have to pull my voice off of your radio station. And that's typical. Stations should be aware of that. If they're not... Make them aware of that up front. Once our agreement is done, my voice has to come off your station. That way it gives you an opportunity to go across the street to another station in their market, which happens all the time. Right. So. Well, AJ, we have made it to an hour. Yay. We are so appreciative of your time. I've been over here taking all sorts of notes. And we like to ask a you just for fun questions sure so i want to know what show or series are you binge watching right now or recently oh that's easy uh it's wrestlers on netflix and it's only because (laughs) i'm on it (laughs) (laughs) listen if you're not a wrestling fan you will love this show it's a docu-series it's a seven episode arc and yeah i i appear in like episode episodes four five and six or five, six, and seven, something like that. Um, it's a really great watch, so I wanted to get that plug in there. I binge watch stuff all the time. I'm I'm a huge, you know, I'm a Netflix guy. I'm I, I anything I can soak up, I can I soak up that that pertains to the industry. I watch a lot of YouTube and I watch promos on YouTube. I'm a weirdo, like television promos. I go to CBS and I'll watch promos for their their various shows or or you know HGTV. I I Google promos. You know, that's the, the best way to learn is you have to know the product. Yep, me too. <laughs> yeah, good. That's Guilty how you, as charged. You want to you stay on top. You know, you want to hear what they're doing. A lot of promos right now don't even have vocals. It's just, yeah. it's title cards. You know, it's it's words that fly into the screen. And then you tag it with, you know, tonight on CBS. And that's it. What? 
what happened? <laughs> so, yeah. Yep. So wrestlers um, on Netflix. There, there you go. Wrestlers on Netflix. <laughs> duly noted. All right. So give us the scenario for your dream vacation. Oh my gosh. Um, well, I've I've already done it, and my so, but and I, I want to do it again. Uh, it's a cruise. It's a a twelve day cruise of the Mediterranean, uh, going to France and uh, Italy and uh, Monaco and all of that, Greece. Best yeah. best time of my life. That's that's my dream spot. It's where I want to retire, which I'll never retire. So there we go. <laughs> Signed. Well, you said you're not allowed to bring your travel rig on a cruise, so maybe that's what you have to do is just go on a, a never ending cruise, right? I'm actually I'm going on uh, the Bob Berg. Bob Bergen does a, a VO cruise. He's doing it again this year in January, and I'm going on that with uh, Jeff Howell and Mary Lynn Wisner, mm-hmm. and we're all taking eleven days. I'm not taking my travel rig with me. I'm going to just be at the buffet if anybody needs me. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. All right. Last question. You're stuck in an elevator and there's a song on repeat, but you get to choose it. What song would you be able to tolerate over and over and over? Mm. Oh my gosh. That's, that's a great question. (laughs) Thanks for the memories. Ooh. Awesome. Yeah. Well, AJ, thank you so much for being here today. Oh, it's my my absolute pleasure. Thank you all for having me. And uh, just real quick, if anybody has any follow-up questions or wants to email me, they're welcome to do that. Uh, I'm an open book, so feel free to blow up my email. All right. You want to give me the email? I'll put it in the show notes. Absolutely. It's AJ at AJMcKayCreative.com. Okay. Thank you very much. And a huge thank you to everyone who joined us live today. If you're listening to our podcast, feel free to join us live on LinkedIn every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. Meanwhile, be sure to connect with all of us on LinkedIn and join the VO Booth Besties Facebook group. If you missed a live episode, you can always catch the recording later on our website, boothbesties.com or anywhere you find your favorite podcasts. And we would love it if you would hop on your platform of choice, leave us a review, Those reviews help us reach more listeners who are looking for a great voiceover content. And don't forget to like and subscribe. And once again, make sure you're signed up for our newsletter, the VO Booth Besties newsletter, so you know what's coming up in the week ahead. You can sign up on our website. And every Monday, we're offering an accountability group. It's at 10 a.m. Pacific time and 1 p.m. Eastern time hosted by Nevin Stoltz, as well as now there's a second group at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern, headed up by Jess Matheson. It's a great place to just set goals and work through them together. And next Thursday, we're going to be joined by the legendary Harry Dunn talking about promo. So I think that this will blend really, really well into that. So thank you all for being here and have a great rest of your day. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to another episode of VO Booth Besties. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast. Well, pretty much anywhere they're playing podcasts. And follow us on Instagram and Facebook so we can keep the conversation going. VO Booth Besties. Yeah, it's a thing. thing.